hey, we're glad that you're going to listen to this episode of Shades Midweek, but parents, uh, you should know that in the introduction, there are a couple of sensitive uh, topics discussed that you may not want your, your kids to listen to. And then for the rest of the episode, warning, there's just way too much talk about Taylor Swift. Listening to episode 161 of Shades Midweek. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things shades. We record this podcast every week inside of three streams studios here at Shades, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Brad Brown, Jonathan Hafes. I'm John Mark DeRoe. Thank you for joining us today. Fellas, how's it how's it going today? How's everybody feeling? I'm feeling good kind of wish it quit raining a little bit it has been raining non-stop it does. feels like seattle i feel like i'm in a <laughs> frazier episode <laughs> but other than that yeah man uh the end of school is upon us and guys yeah, i didn't get to tomorrow. share this i didn't get to share this with y'all yesterday i'm so excited i just realized that i get to do this as a part of the show uh-huh. um and she'll probably hate me for it but that's beside the point okay. i received news yesterday from my eldest child that was so exciting I, you both were gone on lunch break. I stopped what I was doing, and I told every person I found in this building and celebrated. <laughs> Who was that? Who My, get, 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 get the applause button ready. <laughs> okay. I got word yesterday that my daughter, eldest daughter, mm-hmm. passed geometry. Hey. You guys don't understand. You don't understand. Tell us, Jonathan. This has been an all-year thing. She's done great in all of her classes. She struggles in math and geometry. I mean, there are people who don't struggle in math that struggle with geometry. I know? hated math and geometry. And, yep. Me and too. It's been a it's been a struggle all year long and came down to the wire, and it, it was not looking good, guys. That's all I'll say. It was not looking good. And, man, she put in all the effort. We took her to, like, peer help. We did all of these things. And she made a B on her final, which Fantastic. was enough to pull her into passing. And we, I, I told her, I'm like, I'm taking you to a celebratory dinner or something. Wow, where are you going to go? So, I don't know. I, her choice. Her choice. Gian Marcos. <laughs> I'm so excited. Bottega. Highlands. Oh. She's a lot hot easier. Hot, hot and hot that. fish club. <laughs> Anyway, Ovenberg. well, that's what's going on in our world. Hey, well, congrats. So that's a big deal. That's great. Yeah, school's about to finish up tomorrow, so we're hitting the summertime. You know, we're just gonna try to survive this summer. It's gonna be great. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do some camps. Uh, Moses and Zion are going to do the Lego camp that is here at Shades Valley. Yeah. That the oh Stall yeah, Cups do very excited about that. It's they very did, popular. They did the winter one and loved it. And then the week after that, there's a Nintendo Switch camp that Brandon Ballard is putting on here yep. at Shades. Oh yeah, and they're going to do that as well. So very excited about all that. We got some trips planned, so it's going to be a good summer, man. We're we're pumped. That's fun, awesome. fun, fun. Yeah, Brad, you doing okay? Doing great. Fantastic. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I did read an article about how travel is down this summer. The travel sites Mm. are noticing because of inflation Uh, and because of increased travel prices. Yep. So I'll do it. That made me, I'm a little angry. That made me angry just reading that article. (laughs) 
But apparently people are coping by traveling to less expensive places and spending less time on vacation, which is definitely what we need in our culture. Less rest and more work. <laughs> yeah. That's always been my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have we have a lot to do today, guys. Yeah, no We kidding. have a lot to do, and it's a special day in many ways. <laughs> it's a special day in many ways. It is. I mean, it's a special day. For JM's album of the week, it's a special day for Bradford's book club. It's a special day for the email corridor. It is a special day for a how, special how episode. How can we even get all this in? I don't, I don't know. So we got to get moving. We got to go. Buckle up, everybody. Let's do the special album. Buckle it up. Dave Matthews Band, they're back with a new studio album. It's called Walk Around the Moon. This is the only thing. Stillness of breath. I'm excited about this album. When they dropped the single Madman's Eyes about two months ago, I got real pumped because I felt it was one of Dave's best songs in 20 years, potentially. And uh, I think this record really stands up with the rest of their catalog. I don't quite know where it's where it falls for me yet. I think I'm still... We're only a week, week, really not even a week at this point. Yeah, it just yeah. came out on Friday. Uh, I'm still processing through it, listening to it a lot, see where it falls in the discography uh, for me. But I, I personally think it's a strong album. It's an eclectic album. Jonathan and I have been talking a lot about it off, yeah. offline. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking about the fact that like as I listened to it the first time, a track would come on and I'd be like, oh, this track feels like it could have been on Busted Stuff. Or, oh, yeah. this feels like it could have been on one of Dave's solo albums, Some Devil or something like that. Yeah. Um, like, it just, it felt like the tracks came from all these different places. So it feels very eclectic. My first, I'll be 100% honest, my first listen through, like, I, I had already really liked uh, the three singles they had dropped. Yep. Um, Walk Around the Moon was my least favorite of the singles that they had Mine dropped. Mine too. Um, but I'd liked all three singles. My, so my first time I listened through it, I, I, was, I didn't know how I felt. I really didn't. But I like the record more and more every time I listen to it. Me too. Like, I feel like a lot of the tracks are songs you have to sit with for a hot second. Um, but, yeah, I just I keep liking it more and more. So, again, same as you, John Mark. Like, I don't know where I'd put it in the overarching discography yet. Um but it's it's a solid album. It's really strong. A lot of classic Dave stuff going on, and yeah. so I yeah, would I, I would it. I would venture to say that if you're not a Dave Matthews Band fan uh, and you're just trying to dip your toes in the water, check out uh, the songs "Monsters." I think that's a good one to I love get song. a feel for what's going on. It's a little poppier, a little more mainstream. Uh, Look, looking for a vein, a little darker material, but great, great song. That would be another one to check out. This one's called "The Only Thing." This is a more upbeat track with a uh, with a crazy guitar solo. Let's do it. We're we gonna we're we gonna ride this thing for a <laughs> Let's minute. Let's ride it. 
There's Buddy. Yeah, Buddy on the synth. Classic noisy solo. It's one of those guitar solos that I feel like only musicians appreciate. Yeah. Other people hear it and they're like, what's he doing? Wow. Check it out. The album is called Walk Around the Moon. It's Dave Matthews Band. They are on tour right now. Uh, they're coming to Alpharetta, Georgia. They'll be in Nashville. I'm trying to, they're going to be in Orange Beach. We're trying, trying to get them at Shades. I'm try, <laughs> trying to bring them in. Should be pretty inexpensive <laughs> to lead worship should on be, a Sunday. Should be very affordable. Yeah, I mean, they, he could sing Bartender. It talks about <laughs> Jesus in that. talks about the wine. Uh, Monsters talks about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The I'll devil say, wants your soul, but Jesus is that. The devil wants your soul, but, but Jesus, Jesus saves. saves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll say this. So I don't know if you can tell, but John, Mark, and Jonathan are a little excited <laughs> about this. I've never been a huge Dave Matthews band fan. I had nothing against them. I, it wasn't that I didn't like them. I just didn't really listen to them much. Yeah, yeah. And with this album... Because uh, JM and Jonathan were talking so much about it, I felt peer pressured into listening to it. And I will say, I have really enjoyed it. So as someone that, Look at that. hasn't listened to Dave Matthews a ton, Look at that. I've loved it. That's what we call positive peer pressure. Exactly. So, give it, you into something. so Good. G- give it a try if you haven't. Mm. That's your recommendation from Brad. That's right. right. Let's see if he's got a good book this week. Welcome to Bradford's Book Club. Can we edit Such it? A heart stop. Can we edit it so that it's always a hard stop? Oh my goodness! I I'm gonna lo- come up with something else. I just need some time yeah. to to let, let it simmer. Let's get our team on that. So today on Bradford's Book Club, I'm recommending a children's book, but it would be naive, and you could say ignorant to think that this is a book just for children. I like it. It's written by a New Testament scholar named Esau Macaulay. We've talked about Esau before. And I've recommended his book, Reading While Black, which I will will recommend again. But he's uh, written a children's book illustrated by LaTanya Jackson. And it's titled Josie Johnson's Hair and the Holy Spirit. So we have Pentecost Sunday coming up. Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter, Sunday, May 28th. And so what better way to celebrate mm. by getting this book that talks about Josie Johnson's hair and the Holy Spirit. Let me read a little bit from the inside flap. When Josie wonders why people are all so different, Dad helps her understand that our differences aren't a mistake. Josie learns that we are all unique because God is creative. Children and the adults who read with them are invited to join Josie as she learns of God's intentionality and wonderfully diverse design. Also included is a note from the author to encourage further conversation about the content. Mm. This is from IVP kids check it out i recommend it i read it to ea she didn't have any thoughts but <laughs> I, she's we, meditating on it i'm sure we have the book i've read it to okay. moses, moses and zion before we yeah. like it we like it in the house Be- i've never heard of the the illustrator before but beautifully illustrated yes mm-hmm. definitely and uh, i i really appreciate the note from esau at the end a good yeah. conversation we're, started we're all huge fans of esau macaulay so glad yes. he's putting out He's got some more. Well, he just did a book on Lent recently. 
He like did like a t- uh, little book on Lent, and I'm sure he's writing some other things. So, mm. yeah, children's book. I love it. Yeah. Great recommendation, yeah. Brad. Well, I told y'all special music recommendation, special book recommendation. So I don't know if y'all are ready, but let's take a special trip down to the email corridor. The email corridor. Ladies and gentlemen, do this? we got one email from Douglas Abernathy. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we all know what that means. <laughs> oh, boy. Subject, quick hits. I don't believe the word quick for a second. He starts out, Trace leche. Now, guys, does that not mean three milks? I think that's what that means. It does. It's it's a dessert. I had I had to figure that out. I it, didn't know that off the top of my head. I might maybe it's a, a a nickname for us. It's it's a dessert. Well, yeah, because he explains it. Then you are so sweet and spongy, which apparently that's Trace Leche says sweet and spongy. You're so sweet and spongy. I can't believe no one has written to you in weeks. Primero leche. So I guess that's first milk. <laughs> When thinking about Romans 8, 19 to 23, do you have any favorite lyrics from a secular artist that capture all creation groaning? The artists are, in essence, worshiping the Lord because even though they don't know the Lord, they know they are incomplete and longing for that wholeness. Uh, Dave Matthews' band seems (laughs) to be spiritually aware, so thought it would be a good question for this week. Now, he's got three questions. Do you want me to read them all, or do we want to just take it? Let's just take it one at a time. One at a time, one at a time. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually forgot about this question, so I'm unprepared, but I'm assuming Jonathan's ready to go. So. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about specific lyrics. Uh, I haven't really thought, like, okay, what are the, the phrases from these different songs? But specifically, he mentioned Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Um, and so the song that immediately comes to mind off the new album is Madman's Eyes. That's about the brokenness and a longing for things to change and all of that. When I think about previous, I mean, Dave's got a lot of songs that are kind of in those vein that are uh, his most famous song or the song he thinks is the best song he's ever written. Don't drink the water is like Mm. a lament um, Mm -hmm. of uh, the genocide of native Americans in our history. Um, There's uh, the song funny the way it is. Yeah, uh, I forget the name of that album that it came off of, uh, but it's kind of talking about the the strangeness of life in that simultaneously, while things can be going really well for someone, for another person, uh, they're falling apart and kind of in the same category. So like he'll talk about, you know, that somebody's eaten out and they're while simultaneously there are people going hungry in the world, mm. you know. Um, or the fact that like somebody's heart gets just absolutely shattered and they write a song about heartbreak, but for you that becomes like your favorite song, you know? And so just kind of this, this tension of, of brokenness. So yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff runs all throughout Dave, um, and through a lot of yeah. secular artists. Radiohead. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Bob, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, I think writes a lot of similar songs with those themes i mean you'll and you'll see like a lot of artists like even dave will use like religious imagery specifically like even christian imagery and throughout his lyrics like i think of bartender the song bartender there's some pretty uh explicit imagery there from uh, about uh judas and uh the wine and, yeah. and and different things like that. So it, there's there's a lot of examples uh, that you can find. You too. You too. Which I mean, he's right. a, he's a Christian, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's all. I mean, pretty much every song is about God. <laughs> we 
when you when you really start to break it down, it's like, are yeah, you saying <laughs> that U two is a Christian band, John Mark? Oh my word! But I would push back against the notion, Doug, that these artists are in essence worshiping the Lord. They're not doing that. They are. Connecting. Wait, what did he say? He said the artists are in essence worshiping the Lord because even though they don't know the Lord, they're. Uh, they know they're incomplete and longing for wholeness. Yes, they know they're incomplete. They're longing for wholeness, but it's it's not directed uh, toward. We are worshiping creatures, but they're not mm. worshiping the the Lord. It's not directed in the right direction. It doesn't have the right terminus, if you yeah. will. So, Tell us. Well, well you know. Dave is. I mean, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we'll die. That's kind of like his. Uh, his mantra. Yeah, like, which you know? he's he's <laughs> quoting Paul, the right. apostle, right. who is quoting uh, a Cretan philosopher, I believe. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not a good thing in the context. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. Paul's like, it's not mean, something you want on your tombstone. Paul's like, yeah, that's what we should do if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. <laughs> right. But exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If so, there's nothing right. after life. All right. So, Second. Segundo Leche. Uh, once you finish your training, I, I think he's talking to you, Brad, right here. Um, oh, I guess that question was directed to you, John Mark, that first one, and the second one's for Brad, well, the third I, but one's like for I me. like I told you, I wasn't really oh, prepared. So I got I so know. distracted it, by it, the third one, I don't even oh. know what he asked. Well, Segundo Leche, once you finish your training... <laughs> Will your new title be Sex Pastor? We should have given a disclaimer on that one. Children probably shouldn't be listening to this. Uh, Classic Doug. 60% of the time, will you be right every time? <laughs> I don't an know. Man. Oh it's my an anchor goodness. man. Anchor man um, reference. reference. Uh, yeah, the uh, what he's referring the to is the fact that Brad mentioned he's going through specific trainings to be certifi- certified. You want to mention what those are? I don't remember the names of them. Uh, a certified sexual addictions counselor yeah so therapist so, so will you <laughs> will I'll your talk, new title be sex pastor i'll you know doug if you want to take that before the elders you can i wasn't planning on it if anyone wow. had children that were listening um and you want to uh write in and complain um just write in and ask and i will give you doug's email address we'll, we will give you his cell phone number <laughs> just got breaking news this is the last episode of shades midweek ever we've, <laughs> we've been canceled by the Elders in the leadership oh, here. My word. And rightfully so. <laughs> All right. Tracero Leche. You so know, his third and final question. What is Shade's viewpoint on marijuana? If a member is visiting a state where it's legal, what should they do? No half answers either. <laughs> With summer travel season upon us, this is important info that midweek listeners need. I wonder if that was for me because I have long hair. I wonder if I just look like the one that would would know about marijuana. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to play some trivia with the midweek listeners and have them question. guess like which of your pastors do you think has smoked marijuana oh before? <laughs> no, we're definitely getting canceled. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh my word, Go ahead, Jonathan. Marijuana. That's a, actually a great question. We've it, never, it is. We've and never he, discussed it. He asked yeah. for a serious answer, so I'll give a serious answer. And we might. Uh, we should probably do a past yeah, the facts pr- on we, this. Yeah, we should probably do a whole episode or something like that. And uh, Doug, in my answer right here, if you would like any uh, sort, I'm pulling from various sources and all that. I'd be happy to send you uh, some of those or the or the main article that that I'm pulling from here. Um, but the first thing that I would say is if if you're looking for like what's the proof text, what's the passage that says uh, no, you can't smoke marijuana, you're, you're not going to find. All right, if that's what you're looking for. Um, so this goes into what we call the biblical category of wisdom. 
you know, um, Paul would say all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. Um, you know, and so it becomes this question of, okay, if it's legal here in the States, there's nothing uh, preventing me from smoking marijuana. Biblically, I got to ask the question, is it wise? Is it wise? So no half answers. Uh, <laughs> the, the answer from your pastor, Doug, is going to be no. It is not wise, and I would never under any circumstances recommend recreational use of marijuana, okay? So let me give you my personal reasons for that. Uh, Number one, the THC content in cannabis is higher today than ever before in previous decades. So I got some stats for you. In the 90s, THC content in cannabis was less than 2%. It grew to 4% in the 90s, and between 1995 and 2015, there has been a 212% increase in the THC content in the marijuana flower. Mm. Uh, the, uh, I, I got uh, some info here from uh, Elizabeth, St- I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Stuit, Stite. Uh, the increased potency makes uh, the marijuana potentially more dangerous and more likely to result in addiction. That's the second thing I would say, is that a lot of people think that you can't get addicted uh, to marijuana, but addiction is a reality. Studies have found that 9% of those who experiment with marijuana will become addicted. And that stat goes up the younger you are when you start using it. So 17% of those who start using marijuana as teenagers will become addicted. And 25 to 50% of those who use daily will become addicted. Research also estimates that approximately 3 in 10 people who use marijuana will have marijuana use disorder. Further, Douglas, if you would like to protect your mind, a study in New Zealand found an average loss of 8 IQ points. Mm with early persistent teen use of marijuana. What, what does that mean? Eight may not sound like much. Well, for the average person with an IQ of sitting around 100, uh, eight point loss would mean they go from being in that average, that 50th percentile, to the 29th percentile with significant difficulty in functioning. Uh, the New Zealand study also found that even when teens stopped using marijuana, it did not fully restore neuropsychological functioning. So the yeah. effect. Well, was their brains permanent. aren't fully developed yet. Either That's one of the reasons that it can be even more significant yeah. for teens and teenagers. Another reason it is not wise. Cannabis can cause this. Is, Brad, we're coming over into your field. Cannabis can cause psychosis. Exposing mm. the brain to THC greatly increases the person's susceptibility to mental illness, such as schizophrenia. Mm. So I got a quote for you right here. Cannabis has by far the highest conversion rate to schizophrenia of any substance. It's higher than meth, higher than opioids, higher than LSD. Two Danish studies, as well as a massive study from Finland, put your chances at close to 50%, which is just crazy. Uh, Marijuana use uh, is also correlated with uh, worsening all sorts of mental health uh, symptoms, so worsening anxiety, depression, psychosis, suicidal ideation. So there's all of these like practical considerations like to just take into effect. And and from when I look at it, like from a recreational standpoint, so medicinal marijuana is a whole different conversation. Uh, but when we look at it from a recreational standpoint, 
I find it really hard to see how one could make an argument that it is wise to use marijuana. And the final thing that I would say with regard to this conversation, and, and this is really, I mean, really it's where we should start as believers in Jesus, and that's motivation. Like, so with whatever I'm doing, the question is, why am I doing it? And like, am I doing it to escape? Am I doing it to, what am I doing it to escape from? What about, like, what's, what's the reason for it? And can it be done unto the glory of God? So 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. So Paul is, he's been talking about matters of conscience, matters that fall in a wisdom category where some Christians are going to answer one way and some Christians are going to answer another way. He's been talking about food sacrifice idols. Some Christians are going to be fine eating it. Some Christians are not going to be fine eating it. But he's like, whichever of those you choose, make sure you can do it to the glory of God. And so that becomes the ultimate question as we think through our motivations and why we do what we do is can we do it to the glory of God? There's a there's an old story. I don't even know if it's true, um, but it's a Charles Spurgeon story. Where, I was going to say this story uh, right yeah. when you said that to the glory oh, of God. God. Where, I always think about that. Yeah, where Spurgeon uh, comes up on this young man who's smoking a cigar, and he asks the young man, uh, young man, can you smoke that cigar to the glory of God? And the young man pauses and goes, well, well no, Mr. Spurgeon, I don't think that I can. He goes, well, give it to me because I can't. <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's the uh, the story. I don't even know if it's true. Uh, but but that's the point is like, you know, can you can you light up a joint uh, to the glory of God? Um, and and if not, then what's your motivation and why you're doing it and why you're pursuing it? You know, um, a lot of people want to make the comparison. Uh, and I'll wrap this up because I know we need to do a whole episode on it. Um, but a lot of people want to make the comparison uh, of marijuana usage to wine or alcohol and how Scripture endorses. Uh, the use of wine, not to intoxication. It condemns intoxication, but endorses uh, the use of wine to make merry the hearts of men. Um, I would, first of all, just say these are not apples to apples. These are two very different substances with very different effects. Um, And the health effects and benefits of uh, wine um, in limited consumption are uh, verifiable uh, beyond dispute. Um, and I would argue, like, if we want to talk about God's creative intent and the various things that he's given us, I would argue the creative intent clearly as defined by scripture is very different with regards to the fruit of the vine and wine and with regard to, uh, plants such as cannabis and what its potential uses could or could not be, uh, for harm or good so Mm. so i just don't think that's an apples to apples thing but anyway so there you go doug there's my straight answer no as as your pastor even if you're in a state where marijuana is legal i would say as a member of shades valley community church i do not think it is wise on any level to use it and wrestle with the question can you do it to the glory of god before you light up douglas i want doug to respond So you've heard you've heard of here, Doug. Doug, I will not be lighting up at the Dave Matthews concert that I will be going to later this summer, though many, many people around me will, I'm sure. So I just tried to combine all the things Doug talked about. Dave Matthews, marijuana, the summer all of it. <laughs> Doug, let me just point you to two resources. One, an article that's informed my thinking by the Who's, Dr. Kevin Van Hooser. 
titled, Should Followers of Christ Use Recreational Marijuana? I think you'll find a lot of helpful tidbits in there. And then secondly, a little bit of a different conversation, but a book that I lays out all the issues, Marijuana Legalization, What Everybody Needs to Know. It's not making a particular argument, rather, it's just laying out all the evidence. So, Doug, check it out since you're so interested in this topic. Oh. Token the ganj. <laughs> all right. Well, this is great. We should, we should have just gone through all of the various nicknames <laughs> we know for marijuana. Anyway. When we uh when I, we I will say we do an episode. I will we'll say, that. you know, marijuana among Christians, marijuana use among Christians is definitely increasing. And I have Christian friends, of course none of them go to Shades Valley, that <laughs> Uh, that have started using uh, gummies that have yeah. THC in them. They'll take gummies with THC to sleep or yeah. when they're on a vacation. J- so that's, what, not, that's what I think. When, it's when, not condoning when, the behavior. I'm just saying it's a reality that this is becoming an issue. But but within I, the church, I think that's to talk about when we talk when we do our episode. We need to. We should also talk about that because the 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 Delta Eight the whatever it is the gummies that i mean you can get those in alabama right I mean, right you can go yep um even though marijuana is not not legal it's like a different strand of thc i don't know what i'm talking about yeah but i don't know what i'm talking about either when it comes to that but yeah, right. it would be interesting to discuss well we have to move on <laughs> because we have some serious content because we have a very special episode for you ladies and gentlemen it's the episode you have been waiting for That's right. Today is the day. It's the Taylor Swift episode, everybody. I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. John Mark's excited. Anti-hero. Taylor Swift. Is this off Midnight's? Yes. That is the voice of none other than our special guest for the day. Elizabeth Sturgeon is in the booth, everybody. Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me on. I cannot believe that this is the reason I'm here. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> you know, you would have thought we'd have brought you in for like a meet a member episode or something, right. like that, which we need to do. Someday. And we will. Yeah, that needs to happen. But listen, this is what the people have been asking for. Yeah, I've heard a lot. I mean, this has brought out the Taylor Swift fans of Shades, mm-hmm. who are way bigger fans than me. And so, oh my you know. Who, who's so a way bigger really fan? Um, I mean, Cassidy Ashley might be the most really? unexpected oh. big fan that yeah. came out of this. And I know she's the one who's been asking for this a little bit, too, yeah. as yeah. a listener. Yeah, she did. Uh, she, she wrote so. in recently and asked when it was happening. So, so. so for yeah. those of you who may be listening and are like, Jonathan, why in the world did you just announce a Taylor Swift episode? We'll, we'll give you a little bit of context. JM dug into the email corridor archives to, uh, to pull out the, the email that started this all. So, JM, let's, let's take a trip down to the email corridor archives. <laughs> all right. Archives. On October 7th, we received an email from... Elizabeth Sturgeon, who's October here in the booth 7th with of us last right year, now. October seventh of twenty twenty two. Now, but this actually goes back even further than that. She says, uh, "Hi, Shades Midweek. I've been listening to the podcast for a while. This is my first time in the email corridor. I've been listening to a lot of old episodes that I've missed, and now have a response to one that was posted almost a year ago. But I think there's still time for a response. 
She goes on to say, in the 2021 In Review episode, number 93, you guys talk about Taylor Swift and how you're not the biggest fans, besides maybe Brad. And you put out a request for anyone to email in who could change your mind. I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone emailed in to convince you. I know I'm late, but we are in the anticipating weeks of her Midnight's album coming out this month, so this might be the perfect time. She says, I think there are some uh, Taylor Swift songs you would like or that would at least showcase her talent. I'm not a diehard Taylor fan, but I do love her music, especially her most recent albums, if you're interested. I'd love to put together a playlist of songs that could convince you or at least give you a new perspective on her. Just let me know whenever. So we, we read that email on the show we responded and then you responded back a, a week later with playlists oh yeah yeah we have the playlist you have the playlist one on apple music and one on spotify uh so you You're really welcome, you Brad. really Very put helpful. your work can in. We, i really appreciate can we it post links to those in the show notes yeah. if people want access to the playlist yeah, yeah. yeah. i will Definitely. say i need to update the apple <laughs> one because i had to start like a seven day free trial to even make it and so oh. <laughs> wow the sacrifice i know yeah, so really I, appreciate but I've it. been like moving things around just because now I really like it. Like I like that. Like I don't know, I, and I don't know everything you guys listen to, but I just thought pulling things oh. that you might oh, like. Oh, we'll so, get into it. We'll okay. get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what's fun is that, you know, uh, we, we kind of have varying perspectives or levels of familiarity with Taylor Swift. So, you know, we jokingly said that Brad – might be a fan so he's kind of maybe brad is who we would call the one who leans positive out of the three of us well and i remember yes. on that the episode that i had listened to a while ago now like it's when i sent the email it was i don't know what you guys were talking about but <laughs> i think you had watched like the like folklore live recording documentary and you like oh, were listening yes. to red or something and mm -hmm. i yes yeah, so that's what made me think that you were you were the most in on this from what so, i could tell yes well i would so say so i would put myself in the neutral category though given the fact that i have a 16 year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter i probably have listened to more taylor swift than <laughs> either of these other guys oh so your daughter's a big fan um fans my my daughters are not big fans but they're familiar they're mm -hmm. especially with the hits you know with with yeah. the big hits yeah, yeah um so uh so i'm kind of neutral um and then if there's someone who leans Negative. The villain of the See, episode. <laughs> we've had this conversation <laughs> offline, and Brad and Jonathan are trying to paint me as the evil anti-Taylor Swift. John Mark. In Every this time booth, we have mentioned yes. recording this episode, have you or have you not sighed it, deeply? It, it's a it's it's a part of the performance. I'm it's it's like a I'm, you know I'm method acting. It's it's a it's a. John Mark just it's, doesn't get it's drama. It's, like, it's drama. He's a Enneagram Nine. He me, doesn't like yeah, something. He drama. doesn't want us to drag him into Maybe it. Maybe let me give a representation about you, and then you tell me if this is right. So with John Mark, normally he either doesn't care about things and can be a little anti, or he's like all in, like one hundred and ten percent. I can't so, get all in on things for sure. That's yes. He is so I feel wearing like a T-shirt. That is merchandise <laughs> from a water, a canning a sparkling water, water. Company, a sparkling water company. Yes, exactly. Case in point. Thank you very sure. much. So sure. I would just say 
that John Mark is not all in well, on Taylor yeah. Swift. He's not getting excited about anything. I like having that energy as we're okay. doing this. <laughs> okay. Because Jeez. I because yeah. that's what I'm I don't know. We'll get into it. Okay. She's here to convince us. Because okay. I'm like, and that's why I think that like because even it's brought all these Taylor Swift fans from Shades out of yes. the woodworks. They're all going to the concert. I'm not going to that. Like I don't Oh, did you I'm, try to get tickets? I thought about it. Okay. And oh, oh I have I've, a I've got a question about that later. Yeah, I thought about it, and then I saw all the chaos, and I just was where, like, I don't where, know if I want a part of this anymore. Where is the concert that they're all going to? Atlanta? Um, for, I mean, people that I, a lot of people went to Nashville and Atlanta that okay. already happened. Okay. Um, mm. They're still, I forget when the last, like when it ends. Um, but no, I feel like it's, there's so many different opinions, and I feel like it usually goes towards like, yeah, like she's too popular. We have to stay away, which I totally get because that's how I felt with the concert. I was like, I don't want to mm. be a part of all of this. But then there's just nuances to her experiences and mm. um, oh. all of that and her songs that I think it's still worth looking into. Uh -huh. wow. I'm excited. Awesome. Okay, but before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Tell the tell the audience, the midweek audience, okay, a little bit about who you um, are and what you do. Yeah, so... Uh, my name is Elizabeth. <laughs> I've been going to Shades for, um, let me think, I think about six years. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I started when I was in at Sanford, and I've always been in Birmingham. I grew up here, um, went to school at Sanford, and um, I currently work at the Exceptional Foundation in events and marketing and have been there for about a year now. So That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, we're currently on our pre, like, we finish the spring and it's before our summer. We have a week off, which is a perk to the nonprofit life and how I'm able to to come in. Because I, I don't know if I had it in me to tell all my coworkers, I need two hours <laughs> off to record a oh. podcast about Taylor Swift. Yes, you should be proud. With all my pastors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Hashtag know. only shades. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love oh it. Oh my goodness. So when did you first start listening to Taylor yeah. Swift? Yeah. Yeah. So I um okay, so I have like because I figured some of these things might come up. I have like a little date timeline with albums because I don't know that story. Love it, like, love this. Um, but I remember so my aunt Leslie, who still she lives in Franklin, lived in Nashville, she was like my country music connection because I didn't really listen to country music at all. But um, she like baby, she's like friends with Martina McBride, babysat her kids, babysat Miley Cyrus's little sister. Really cool Nashville connections. Wow. Anyways, in the world. she gave me the third Taylor Swift. That, that just album. swung really hard <laughs> from my aunt Leslie's a country music fan. To, yeah, she hangs with Martina McBride. Yes, it's, I had to throw it out there. Um, That's awesome. Because, yeah, it's really cool. Um, she's, and so she has, she was like my person. Oh, like she likes country music. She lives in Nashville. She has all these connections. Mm. She gave me um, Speak Now, which is Taylor Swift's third album, which I feel like okay. the first two albums of hers are very country. Yeah, I was um, about to say, she started in country music, right? Yes. And this one is still, it has a little bit of it, but she's getting more into pop and um, all of that. So I had that and I had it on my iPod mm -hmm. and all of that. So that's really, I had known some of her popular songs just from the radio. So, so what year was that? Okay. So that was um, 2010. Which would have put you in? I was 13. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and Taylor Swift was 20 when that came out. Um, and so I started listening to that and then each album, 
I liked a little bit more. Um, Red came out after that, which is still, you have her progressing out of country, getting into pop. You have, um, and we can go through, if it gets there, these different, like, transitions, because I think she's just, every album is very different. Mm -hmm. Or she brands herself that every album is, like, very much its own style. I think that you can hear similarities through all of it if you're, like, studying it. Um, and so I've always been someone who've listened, who's listened to it and liked it. And then I really loved the, her like COVID albums, Folklore and Evermore that are much more, um, softer and, um, reflective. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would love for her to just do that forever. Midnight's when that came out, very different vibe. And so that's why I'm, I'm. I've sort of seen, like, I, I there is a something where I co- sort of grew up with her. Like, I'm that core age group that really, like, we were close to her age, but, like, kids growing up, and she's still making right. music, and that's, there's something cool about that, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so you'd say you like it all. You like the country, you like the pop, you like the kind of vibey singer-songwriter stuff. You're here for all of it? I mean, I listen to all of it. I don't know, like, her very first album, which was when she was 16. Like, she wrote it all her freshman year of high school. I don't really know that as well. Do you know how she got her her break? Like, how Um, she got discovered as a high schooler? I do know that she she grew up in Pennsylvania. um, Because I've always thought that was interesting. Yeah, (laughs) because... I well, first of all, no one is really from Nashville, so yeah. let's just anyone in the country. I mean, Keith Urban's Australian or whatever, like you know. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but grew up in Pennsylvania, which I all of my family is from Pennsylvania, so that's a little, oh, a little connection. Fun fact. Okay. Um, sometimes there's like tiny little mentions in her songs, and I'm like, um, I sort of catch. But anyways, I think they moved to Nashville for. Her, Her um, yeah, when she was probably like 11 or 12, like really, really young. Wow. And I'm not sure what, I think she was performing live places. I don't know. I don't know a ton about um, Those when she days. started. And yeah, she, yeah. I will say a lot of my, because I feel like when I wrote the emails and stuff, um, a lot of my knowledge comes from, there's a Netflix documentary that came out, I think in 2018 or 2019. What's it called? It's called Miss Americana. It's really Oh, I remember good. seeing I think like, I watched this. I, okay. I didn't watch it. I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go put it on my list right now. But I, I remember when the doc came out. Cause you know how uh, Netflix always has the big banner mm-hmm. like when you mm-hmm. first open it and it, it was it was the banner for a, a hot moment there. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look is this the one that was after nineteen eighty nine and she's reflecting on that tour was that the one that I'm thinking of? Maybe. Are there multiple it's documentaries out on Netflix? I f- um, I n- I think there's one on Netflix that's more like a tour documentary. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure. Th- this one is right after Reputation, which that was the big I'm coming out of hiding. Okay, album. yes. Yeah, and okay. it's yes. Yeah, so that's okay. probably the same one. So yes, there there is Brad. There is a Taylor Swift Reputation Stadium tour uh, thing on. Okay, gotcha. So this is the documentary. So let me bring in a little controversy, and then you can defend her. So there were a lot of things I liked about that documentary. And once again, I'm going to anti-Taylor Swift. Can I tell you one of the things that annoyed me? Yes. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. I might not defend her. That's the (laughs) thing. So one of the things that annoyed me, and I'm sorry, Taylor, but there's this scene, and she's in her kitchen, and she's like with a high school friend, 
and they have like a bottle of wine that they got from Aldi and she's making pasta with like a Prego pasta jar. And it's kind of like, it's Friday night and I'm with my friend from high school and we're making pasta that we got at Aldi and Trader Joe's. And look, we're just hanging out and I'm a normal person. And I'm like, listen, (laughs) you have a private chef. Okay. That's okay. You've worked really hard for that private chef. Also, your wine probably comes directly from vineyards in Italy on a plane. That's totally fine. And a lot of your friends are celebrities and Victoria's Secret models. (laughs) And like the scene. So that was where I was just like, it feels and she's even commented on this. And you know what, Taylor? I'm sympathetic. She's like, she's going to listen to this. She's (laughs) like, people say I'm inauthentic. And then I do something to try to show that I'm authentic. And then people are like, you're trying too hard. So you know what, Taylor? Maybe I'm one of those people. And maybe, Taylor, you've caused me to reflect on myself. <laughs> but that was just the vibe I got. Do you remember that yeah, scene? Yeah, I do. I think we're learning a lot about you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, because that's, well, I, and I'm sure all of that was very controlled, which I, I feel like in that documentary, I did like the parts of it that kind of showed her, like it wasn't, which I feel like I haven't seen a ton of musician documentaries I feel like there's so many good ones but Mm -hmm. I I think they're good when they show like a good documentary like that is showing like the full thing and not just like praise for this person um and I thought and not directly they weren't like here's all of these terrible things she's done but I feel like they showed her like focus on the awards and all these things that are like uh, I don't know they showed Mm. some things that I'm sure weren't the best parts about her, but I thought that was good. Showed and so, some flaws. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I feel the same. I think this is kind of getting at something that I also feel like um, I don't love about her, but it's also something where I think it's a celebrity paradox, I guess that's happening just in our world with technology and everything where there's all these celebrities who like need the attention to have a career but also want to be so private and she's like the epitome of that where she is always in hiding like at this point I feel like not when she was younger but every public anytime she's seen is so controlled like she's making sure that's when she wants to she's never caught the way she was like 10 years ago when which her relationship is just very different with the public and she's never seen anywhere. But then she's like leaving, like she'll, when she releases an album, she's scrambling letters. So people immediately have to spend time. Like she, she is one who harnesses this, like people are going to do anything Mm -hmm. for me. And there's something about that, that those don't match. Like I, there's something that I feel like she would be a better artist probably if she didn't, start so young this is uh, feel, feels like a hot take and I know nothing about music but I, I, I'm here for it um, this is what this is what we want she, like there are so many people like I don't know like Lord for example like she's just nowhere she's not posting on social media for anything mm-hmm. like maybe the album drops and she posts one time like you can live that way and have a more private life mm-hmm. but then she's there's I don't know there's something contradictory that I feel like is probably mm. a good example of that kitchen because that's also I mean that friend I think is Abigail, which is... Oh, wow. You know stuff. She's mentioned, like, by name in her song 15 that's in her second album. And, like, it was a big deal in Nashville. Abigail was there and, like, I don't think she got pulled out, but she was, like, sort of pointed out at her most recent Nashville concert and sang that song and because it's Uh, about her. So that's something, like, people would be watching that scene and they would know who that is. So I see. Yeah. See my ignorance. 
And like that goes before me. But I mean that you're right though. There's, I mean, sh- there's so much money in houses. Like who knows what house they were in, in that kitchen. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot that people don't know about her. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's also hard to say how much of a real life. Like I think her parents still live in Nashville, but at a certain point I'm like, how do her parents live a normal life? In yeah. Nashville oh yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. You trade so much. I mean, that's just, it's anybody, any pop star, if we're just going to stay with music, like whether it's your Michael Jackson's or whoever, like Justin Bieber, you, you trade a normal life for all of these things. I would never want to want that. I, I think that would be too much pressure. I can understand how people cave under the pressure. And so I think Maybe, I mean, <clears throat> this is just me speculating. I don't know. When she first started out as a younger artist, it was like all about being open and sincere, like a sincerity to it. And maybe it's as she's getting older and she is just massive. Everybody knows who Taylor Swift is. Mm-hmm. I think she still maybe feels that pressure to like try to be relatable in some way. The issue with me, and I think Brad kind of hit on it too, is like sometimes it comes off as disingenuous a little bit. And so, and that's like aside from the music, you know, that has nothing to do with her artistry or anything. It's like more of a a public presentation or something. Mm. Yeah. I I think one of the things that's interesting, though, where, I mean, Brad, I know we were joking about this earlier when you were talking, but I think this can cause all of us to do like personal reflection because there's a sense in which we are all our own walking contradictions. Yeah. Where there are things that we definitely would say, we desire or don't desire, um, but then the way we'll turn around and live or act or behave, even when it right. comes to kind of this idea of like fame, celebrity, what have not. Um, I, I can't count the number of times like I've seen people um, almost be offended at uh, things that felt like an invasion of privacy to them, but yet the way that they live in relationship to social media would never communicate that privacy was something that they value. <laughs> right, right. Mm. You know, it's like, here's everything about my life and for the entire world to see. And I want you to see, I want you to like it. I want you to like, I, I want all of those things. But then if if somebody knows something I don't want them to know, all of a sudden, like, like it's just, it's this kind of self-contradictory thing. And I think we're all like that. Like, I'm like that. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, um, and I think that, it just when you amplify the magnitude of it and place it on a larger stage as it's naturally going to happen with a celebrity like Taylor Swift, I think it becomes that much more glaringly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think that it is an opportunity, you know, for us to, to reflect on our own hearts as well and kind of like how how we do that versus being judgmental well, towards Taylor, Brad. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to, I don't well, want to come off as judgmental, I, but here's what I want to say. I think in order to live, oh, you're the villain here. You can be judgmental in order yeah. to live like differently. You really have to sell out to this idea of almost being a recluse. I think about somebody like Bob Dylan, who is a massive artist, not as probably, probably not as known by name as Taylor Swift, maybe more so with younger generations, but a known person, but not really in the public eye. He's not on Insta. He's not on Instagram or Twitter. He's just kind of. He's an old man now, mm. and but he he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for literature. He didn't even show up for that. Like well, most people would be like, like he's always joked with. Like I love those yeah. interviews of him oh, when yeah. he's young, just like oh yeah, just playing games with journalists. Yeah, yeah. 
But I feel like you have to, it's almost like you have to make this decision. How am I going to live publicly? Because there's like these two options. You can either be ultra celebrity and it alters your entire lifestyle. Like with your Michael Jackson, where it's like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything without being bombarded by paparazzi fans, crazy people. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you have, or you live like this life where you're totally withdrawn I mean, so what are the, you know, what's the option, you know? Yeah. Maybe somebody like a Keanu Reeves is like a good example of like kind of not being in either one of the camps and trying to be in the middle somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, I mean, and now that we live in a day in which our image, if we're on social media and we have some sort of public platform, we're all kind of curating our image to some extent. So we're posting certain things and we want people to see certain things about our lives. Or even if we post something that's authentic, there can be um, a sense in which we want people to see that we're authentic. Or sometimes we're posting things because we're genuine. But like all of us have this very small kind of understanding or knowledge of what it is to put yourself out there to the world and then for people to misunderstand it. And then for this need to explain yourself or defend yourself. But it feels like once you get into that cycle... It's just this vicious cycle of yep. trying to curate your image and uh, create a narrative and defend yourself. And uh, there's always the question of what's the motive behind this? And well, so I feel like that's part of what is going on with her in some of these things that we're talking about. Well, in light of this entire conversation <laughs> and to bring it back to Taylor Swift... <laughs> You said something earlier that I want to hear more about, and that was that with her Reputation album, that was kind of like this, like, I, I forget the words you said, um, almost like this, here's the real me kind of thing. Like, what's what's the story with with that? Okay, so do you guys have any context on any of that? No, nothing, okay. none. So when did yes, Reputation, when ignorant. Did, when did Reputation come out? It came out in 2017. And I, so this was, how many records in are we at this point with her? Um, like, this is like her fifth or sixth record? Listen, I, I think it was sixth. Okay. I know that yeah. Taylor Swift started in country music and has gone through some breakups. That's 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 what okay. I got. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, 2017. So, okay, and this kind of loops into the, you know, fame paparazzi whole side right, of it, right. too. So, um Obviously, she was in the limelight. I mean, I don't know if that debut um, album that she released when she was 16, like, wasn't, it didn't go to the top of the charts the way her other albums did. But, like, she became a very, very young star. And I know she, I'm, yeah, her second album, Speak, or no, second album, Fearless, she also toured with. So she was doing a huge tour at 18 and 19 and 20. Um, And so that, okay, so then there's this, the, those albums, so you have her young, she's meeting celebrities, she's dating a lot of celebrities. Um, you have, so she's, and she's very public um, on social media. And she has all the model friends, like Brad mentioned, and mm. she's with them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, and also, okay, I put I wrote this date down too, because I knew I wouldn't remember. Um, in 2010, which was... Um, the same year her third album came out, but um, I th- she, I think it was, um, oh my gosh, I should have written down the award show. But they're, um, 
she won best video for a video off that album. Oh, I remember this. Um, and Kanye West goes up to the stage and yeah. says Beyonce should have won. That whole interaction happened. And she yeah. was 19, I think. Um, immediately became wow. She was 19. involved in controversy, and <sighs> yeah. Um, so that sort of launched a lot of issues. That um, I, I don't know. And that's an interesting about her too, where we so all of these celebrities have um, flaws in terms of how they're, and I think like the authenticity factor mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. But she was so young she was trying to be really good which I feel like that Netflix documentary talks about a lot like she was very focused on you know country girls are good they don't do anything bad they they don't speak up about their opinions they and she was really leaning into that and she there was like an innocence to her portrayal that I think like probably being in the south and her listenership and younger girls forced her to stay into not that I think she probably like wanted to get away from that um and then like still her she's working so hard to maintain this and still has people attacking her which it is like what is it about her specifically that's causing even now so much like controversy when comparatively to what other people are doing um you know she's like she's having she's dating people very publicly and I think was so young she probably didn't think oh I'm gonna regret you know being in all this limelight and having all these so upfront so anyway so long story short the the feud I think she tries to mend things with Kanye West it doesn't really work was that out. the phone call yeah so then okay when did that happen oh, yeah. um I forget when famous that Kanye West song comes out he oh, mentions yeah. her oh, um that like they they release this video that shows him calling Taylor Swift and her agreeing to the song that's when she's immediately people are like really attacking her and she sort of disappears so this is after 1989 that album which was her fifth album came out in 2014 which I love my my, my favorite album that's what that's when I started listening John Mark how do you feel about it uh Ryan Adams (laughs) covered that entire album do you see what I mean in like an alt in like an alt uh alt country kind of vibe which I definitely didn't put a lot of those songs on the playlist but um because I just wasn't sure (laughs) that's okay no I love that what's your favorite Taylor Swift song I I don't know mine's mine's uh, out of the woods oh that's a great song favorite one yeah glad I I put it on the playlist (laughs) um anyway so that album's come out um she like disappears and I think I mean, she just was, like, deleted all social media, and I think she, like, didn't see anyone in the public for a long time, probably, like, maybe a year. And that's when, like, she was on this two, every two years in the fall, she's releasing an album schedule. And then um, she didn't release anything in 2016 when that happened. And so that is, that is, like, she broke from this pattern, and sort of ever since then, she's never had a pattern. Like, she's, I mean, she's cranking out albums like crazy over the last three years. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yes, Reputation then came out where she made this very branded, you know, I'm leaning into this idea you have that I'm a villain, like, and that's, I I also did not put a lot of Reputation songs on the playlist, because it's very pop, like, she was 
that in 1989 is too, but in a different way. Um, and I think it was, she was trying to prove a point more so than write songs that are meaningful. And that's, I mean, that's speaking for her. I have no idea, but, um, yeah. So but, that's, but that's the vibe you get. That's sort of how I feel. Like I listened to that when it came out and they're really catchy. They're, they're more of pop. I'm Yeah. Um, is, is that the so to help me out here is that the album that was lyrically like about her big breakup what, what was that record that um it's like or is that kind of all the records well um not all of the records are all about okay. her breakups okay so um, what's the so what was the the big one I feel like I feel like there was like a. Um, I, I mean, know. Red has a okay. lot about Jake Gyllenhaal okay. on it. Okay. Um, most of that album is just about him. I love that okay. song, Red. Mm-hmm. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. Is it really? Yes, probably seventy-five percent of those songs are. Wow, um, I did not know that. He, yeah, something bad happened there. Ugh. Um. Anyways, uh, so yeah, reputations like "Look What You Made Me Do." Um, right. Oh yeah. Almost played gotcha. intro. Very mm, much like. Yeah. yeah. Yes, like, in all the music videos, like, they all leaned into that. Um, and there are some, there's the other parts of, like, I think there's two songs that I put from Reputation on this. She did start her, like, first private, really private relationship, which she recently recently broke off after, like, six years. And we yeah. have um, to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. <laughs> I don't see, this is like, this is what, like, I know about it because it's everywhere. You know, people talk about it, but I'm not as. We talk about stuff that we don't know all okay. the time on here, so um, don't, don't worry about it's it. That's why people listen. Anyways, yeah. there are songs that people, like that, while she was in that year and in hiding, she started dating Joe Alwyn, who's a British actor. I think he's British. Um, I've seen him in a few things, but he's also very, like, he not public um yeah. anyways so that's so that that happened and she had to like reclaim herself and then in I think shortly after it might have been before that came out there was like the unedited version of the phone call with Kanye came out or leaked that he actually didn't tell her the right lyrics like he did they did call about the song that he was going to mention her in but it was totally different lyrics than like and his what he wrote was way more disrespectful and so really they found out okay he's manipulated this whole thing so then people started to be on her side I guess you could say um I don't really like the and that's we the are type very of thing fickle where, aren't we yeah and I, like when that happened I was like okay I don't really care but I guess people <laughs> get really invested in this stuff and are like really yeah um watching celebrities very closely on what they're doing mm-hmm. um and so that, and that, that's a drama that still continues that really it's like, she was so young when that happened to not know, let me just not get involved in this at all. Um, and so, and now people are just stuck on it that it'll probably always. Well, and I guess continue. my question too is like, I mean, she has a team, right? Like she has a team of people that are managing everything she's saying, everything that's coming out, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of that is, is she making all the decisions? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just. Right. I mean, this is a. I I think it's a a tale. It's a tale as old as time. It's really not. It's, it's that when you're, I'm assuming when you are at that level in that industry, it's just, 
chews you up and spits you out in so many different ways. You know, that's why she's been, she was able to put out her versions of her earliest records and things like that and try to get ownership of, of her creativity and her work and all that stuff, which we can get into as well. But it's just a, it's just a nasty industry. And I think when you're young like that, when she started, Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you don't, who's in your corner that's fighting for you. Who's taking advantage of you in different ways. I mean, you just see that with all the great artists throughout time, the ways yeah. that they've been taken advantage of and, you know, all the terrible deals that were agreed to. Well, I was just thinking about the Whitney Houston documentary that yeah. is absolutely mm. tragic. I don't know if you're a Whitney Houston fan. Yeah, I haven't seen the documentary. Though. You should check it okay. out. It's it's very sad. Which one is that on? I Which think service? it's on HBO. Okay. I saw but it I in the theater wrong. when it came out. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was great. But I think one of the things that stood out to me in that documentary is just the people around her and how they were shaping uh, the public kind of image of her and decisions that were being made and how she was trying to appease them and just the complexity of what's going on in the room that we don't see. And so I would imagine that in some ways it's probably the same for Taylor. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, you do look at that and you look at how this has happened to so many people and think like, well, why is it a bigger deal now? Mm. And I think, and that's just something, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know enough about the music industry. I don't know enough about her experience to even say, but, um, like I get where people come from being like, this isn't that special, but I think it's something about the level of like everything's maxed out when you're her and you've broken all these records and you're young and Mm -hmm. you have a young following. I don't know if that something about that has impacted like the amount of hate and all of that, but she's, and she does have a team that probably, I mean, works really hard to protect her from all that. Like nothing's really going to ever, she's, I think her dad's like a financial advisor. I'm sure he has all of her money locked up where if anything, if she were ever to like stop, she's set for, a very long yeah. time. Complicated. Yeah. Complicated. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I'm curious. I have a couple of questions for you. I don't want to necessarily get off the timeline, but uh, <laughs> I am. I, I do want to, from your perspective, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from Elizabeth. Um, so you're not a... You're, you're not a musician, right? Do you play any any music? I'm, no. Okay. I always I'm always interested in people that are huge music fans that don't play music because I I can't separate the two. I play music, so whenever I listen to music, I can only hear it in that way, and uh, I've never been able to hear it from the perspective of someone that doesn't play. So, what is it about Taylor Swift's music for you that that draws you in that you love? What it, what is that that you love about her music? Yeah. So I like I said I really I think the albums that I really love that made me because I like I've been someone who like a lot of people listen to Taylor Swift and I was one of them. Um, and the the folklore and Evermore came out during COVID, which I think were probably. I mean, I think she's said before these never would have happened if she wasn't like locked up and just mm-hmm. wanted to write sad songs. And yeah. this was going for a certain vibe that just fit how everyone was feeling. Um, mm. That I think just fits her voice really well. And those are ones that I just listen to all the time. And there are songs on there that like they're definitely my favorites of hers. And like. Um, there's something about, and the, th- the other thing about, do you have albums, a favorite on there? Maybe I think JM my, could play in the background a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think my favorite, I don't, it's not, I don't know if it'd even be a good background song. And a lot of the songs okay. I like are the songs that people skip. Um, I think my favorite like song, yeah, is probably Happiness, which is on Evermore. That's a song that I just feel like it's something encapsulating a feeling like I've experienced, which Ooh. I do as a fellow Enneagram 4. Jonathan, I know you're an Enneagram 4. I feel like Taylor mm. Swift very much like hones in on those Enneagram four feelings. So I'm sure that's part of it. But I think those two albums really showcase her writing skills, which like, I mean, she's been writing all of her songs always. Um, I, but there's I know why you like the sad albums. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then there's just in the, the other thing is that um, she, those albums, she's very, I feel like criticized and known for writing about all like people and her experience is very directly, which I think that's important to her. It's why, how we know about all these, like all of the exes and all of that. And I mm. think it's a criticism, um, even though I think that is her trying to be like vulnerable and authentic. And I am writing about something I experienced um, and still, but there's, I mean, a lot of criticism and she's, she's known for that as if she's the only one who does that, which <laughs> she's not. Um, but somehow I feel true. like she's mentioned a lot for that. But then these two albums do include things that, feel very personal and I think they probably all are um because I feel like that's how she writes but then there's there's like a storytelling aspect where there's characters mentioned she's writing from male perspectives like she's writing from a lot of different points of view and I really like that and I think it showcased a lot of her like word power like I was mm. an English major and took poetry classes I feel like they're some of her most poetic um her other albums that are more which, I mean, those did really well, but her other albums that are focused on being, like, the radio singles sometimes, those are, like, these bigger, bigger images that I think are still, like, show her talent. But I think the those, like, folksier, softer albums that have more nuance to the um, imagery and all of that, like, I think it's that words. And I also, those are, there's something, like, in Midnight's, um, cause John Mark, I know that you don't like midnights. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, which by the I way, do you like, I, I like midnights. I, I didn't have, like it at first and I, I kept listening to yeah, it and I, I was like, okay, I like this. I didn't like it at first either. Um, I, cause everyone thought, I don't know what people were thinking it was going to be like a soft rock album and it's not okay. that. No, it's not. Um, I don't know how people thought that. And that was the speculation among yes, the fan base? I, I think it was just the images she was putting out were like... Like they thought it was going to be more of a band, like a band, like a band effort as opposed to like synths and I guess, drum machines maybe. And I don't like know. That. There's no rhyme or reason to the explanation. People are constantly trying to pull things out of nothing yeah. <laughs> from anything she does. But, uh, like, I, like, and I, I did put a lot of live albums, which I haven't yeah. listened to a lot from her until I was making this playlist. And there's, like, she's recorded all of Folklore Live. Um. And there's something where, like, she's on the guitar and it's that sort of production. Because I don't know a lot about music and I don't usually notice those things. But there is something that I just like more about that than That's cool. Midnight's where it will just be maybe, like, one synth beat the whole yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then that some of her, because she's re-recorded two of her albums mm -hmm. so far in her, like, re-owning her right. masters and all of that. Um, but there's even some production, like, because Red, which she's re-recorded, has, like, We Are Never Getting Back Together, I Knew You Were Trouble, which were b really big radio songs. 
um, not my favorite songs on that album, and like 22, those sort of big hits, and something about the the way they were re-recorded, I don't know, if if you like studied the comparisons, there's something that I don't like about how they produce those. The as newer some, versions? Yeah, as someone who knows nothing about how to actually describe that. Okay. But So I like it when it's more of a natural, like there's there's a bunch of singles from when she did this concert in Paris that's mm-hmm. literally just either her yeah, on the guitar. that was on the playlist. Yeah, yeah, or her on the piano, and I really like those. But so really it's... Um, yeah, so it kind of sounds like you like the stripped down when you're talking about the yeah. instrumentation of it, like a more stripped down organic acoustic feel a little more intimate yeah whereas like i mean she is she's a pop star so i mean a lot of her huge songs are just these like huge anthems that <clears throat> probably have like a lot of drum machine and yeah synthesizers and, and things like yeah. that yeah and that's why i wasn't super interested in the concert that's going on right now like it's um, a huge production. Yes, Massive. and I think people have said, oh, yeah. you know, you like if you've never seen her, it's this insane performance. Yeah. Um. Even though I just I think that she's much better just when it's just like her and a guitar and not yeah. like e- people can say she's good at this and I know I haven't seen it. Um. But I just there's I feel like there's people like Beyonce who do that way like who were born to do that kind of thing and mm. I believe that she's like it's an amazing concert and people have loved it and it goes through all of these different songs over her life and but at the same time I and I'm just someone who if I'm going to see live music I want to like be able to get up to the front and it's like at Saturn or something small yeah. you know yeah, I don't yeah. the big I sort of get lost and I start to not be like feel like it's real if yeah. I'm which I haven't really mm. ever been to a concert that big but you know, when I went to Martina McBride because my Aunt Leslie had tickets <laughs> and there were a thousand people, I was as a probably six-year-old, so long time ago. That when it's just so big, I yeah. I like to be way closer up. So that's just a something that is a personal yeah. thing to me. I, I don't like a concert if I'm going to be more tempted to watch the concert on the screens <laughs> that are yeah. on the side than actually watching the stage. When my yeah. my favorite thing from the Taylor Swift concert, the recent debacle will forever be, and I know she would be fine with me saying this. What recent debacle? What are you talking about? The ticket debacle. I just love the fact that you talk about Taylor as if y'all are like best friends. She's going to be listening to this episode. No doubt. She lurks on social media. Who knows? She (laughs) might find it. She may see it post and be like, So I've got a funny story. I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, There was a college student at Shades Valley um, several years ago. Um, Was it Gabby? It, does Gabby have red hair? Yes. Yes. Yes, it was Gabby. I could not remember her okay. name. Do you know this story? Um. Well, I'll tell the story, and I think I might. I, I know <laughs> you, you of her. You can correct it if I am wrong, but my understanding, you, you're just talking about Taylor lurking on social media. Yeah. My understanding is that Taylor slid into her DMs and basically said, like, they just started chatting and talking, and Taylor flew Gabby out. This is while she was a student here flew her out and they hung out and what? she posted a picture taylor what? posted a picture on her instagram of her and gabby hanging out what is that okay what? so this yes what? that's um, as far as i understand i remember, it. When and I remember talking to gabby about it yeah and so like i went to say we were in the same year at sanford and there's i have another friend who's a very big swifty um 
it's actually not Kenya. I'm also friends with Kenya. Yeah. Right. Oh, our, yeah. our resident huge Swifty at Shades yeah, now. But they're going to be so disappointed with this podcast that we did not get them on here. Well, and that's kind of, that's why I, I did. I, I did ask Kenya, but she couldn't be here this morning, but she said she had lunch with you. Yes. Yesterday. Well, yeah. and she, I mean, she's the one who texted me and said, John Mark said, you're leading the conversation. And I was like, <laughs> yes, you eh, are. Okay. Well, let me get prepared for that. Um, <laughs> but no, and I, I'm convinced that like as, as some skeptics, like I'm also a skeptic. And oh, so that's wow. why I thought it was better to start. Yeah, very unique position. Especially when, like, when you first read my email and then all of, like, there were, like, all these different people brought up. And I was like, I feel like I need to be, I feel like I'm the perspective that can start the, you <laughs> know, yes, transition. Yes, the Lord has right. called but you to this. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, going so back to Gabby. Yes, yeah, so oh, I, yeah. I have another friend who's um, a really big Swifty. And she, I learned from her that to, Gabby was, like posting on Tumblr, which I guess is where Taylor Swift is lurking and making posts herself. And yeah. So and what is what so is Tumblr? Yeah. I. I mean, I know, I know what. It, I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but been, I don't know what it is. I haven't ever been it before. It's kind of just like blogging, but not blogging. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. I've, it has a Reddit vibe, but it's not yeah, yeah. Reddit. This is a terrible description. So it's kind of like a diary, okay. like an open journal. Yes. And yeah. so she's like Taylor Swift's posting. And I like one of my friends told me like, I would love to get recognized by her, but you have to like post every day. Like it's very oh extreme. Goodness. And this goes into my whole thing of you, but you don't want people to be too obsessed with you, but you're garnering right. all this obsession. That's where I feel like you could leave all that behind and still have so much fame and just not do any of this. But anyways, there are people who are actively on social media and probably on Twitter too. Um, and Gabby was one of them and that's how she finds them and does these, I think they're called secret sessions. And she has like a group of people and she brings them to her house. I don't know where crazy Gabby went. I, does um, she make pasta for them? That is probably <laughs> and drinks and that drinks sounds red really wine creepy. with Trader, ice cubes. Trader Joe's wine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, do they do like background checks or anything? I feel like this could be I, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I mean, someone literally killed John Lennon. <laughs> because they were insane. Well, you know? yeah. I could see someone doing that. Anyways, sorry, I, go on. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know how often she does it. I don't know if she's still doing that. Like That's wild. Because I can't remember when... That was probably like 2018 that Gabby Pro- saw her, I, I yeah. think. It was when we were in college, and I was in college in 2018. Um, so, yeah, so that's... Um, yeah, she, she will meet people and bring them to her house. I don't know what... I would love to know where I, I really, cause I was in Newport like a couple years ago and Taylor Swift has this house out in Rhode Island. I would have loved to like walk past it, but I mean, no way that's ever going to happen. Wow. Um, cause she has a, she wrote like a song about that. That's an example of like the folklore song. Like she wrote about the, like she sort of made up a story of the person who owned that house before her. And that okay. I think is just a more interesting way of her writing songs mm, than yeah. some of her About other albums. Or, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's like, so many. Like, kind of like the difference between like an auto autobiographical writing, where it's you know something that's happened to you personally, and then maybe like oh, there's this whole story or this. Yeah. The thing about this house. And yeah. yeah. Which she definitely, there are songs mm-hmm. I could, there's probably another playlist you could do of songs that Taylor Swift writes that aren't about romantic relationships. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think those are often hidden and people only talk about those and yeah. that whole, that all goes into 
sort of her perception too. But I, I really thought she, like, I liked the, that she was playing with, let me tell, like, let me make another story and write right. this way. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah. what I was going to say about the concert uh-huh. was oh, yeah. my favorite thing will always be Sarah Hirsch on Grace Vine in desperation <laughs> asking, is there anybody that got extra Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> I am absolutely heartbroken. It was amazing. Sarah yeah, Hurst, there's no one else like her. Yeah, that was the energy. And I, <laughs> I, if I randomly ended up with a ticket, it's not like I'm not going to go. Yeah, no doubt. But I would I would go if I if I had a ticket that yeah. was insanely expensive. Um, I know, and that's the thing. Like, they, they started out, I think she kept the tickets pretty well priced, but with the whole Ticketmaster thing, now they're selling them for insane amounts of money. Yeah, um, so. people are buying them. Yeah, I know they're not going down even like minutes before the concert starts because they know people will buy them. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a whole other side that's Taylor Swift, the, you know, businesswoman that is a whole other side that I don't, I'm just not as interested in. And like we've been talking about, there's such, like you can't, there's such a balance between like producing your own fame and what you're getting from that versus also being upset when, not that anyone has a right to like break into your house or become over obsessive, but when you, when that's happening, it's, I don't know. I don't want to, it's, it's not her fault about this obsession, but I think in some ways there is like a, we're, we're up waiting for this to happen, which again is not individual to her. There's, it's, I think the, the way social media works and you feel like you know someone yeah. that you don't is f- like mm. this is happening with everyone but on her just because everything around her is like 10 times the level it just feels like a lot yeah totally i do think that's why it's great to watch these documentaries on these major pop stars yeah um another one that's coming to mind is um why am i blanking on her name uh they the uh, Lady Gaga Amy, one, um, Amy Winehouse one's great Amy too. Amy Winehouse, yeah, Is that's incredibly another, sad. Uh, yeah, incredibly Great sad documentary. Yeah. Terrible. What was the one you said? The, there was a Lady Gaga one that came out uh, not too long ago. Uh, what is it called? Yeah, yeah, well, I feel like it does. It humanizes them, and then it also, yeah. honestly, it's almost more interesting just to see people's responses to them. <laughs> I mean, it's such a, there's such a cultural commentary going on. And I feel like we've talked about both of those things in this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Taylor and also well, well, who Taylor reveals that for, we are. For me, <laughs> um, for me, this one of the few times that I like heard one of her songs and I like instantly loved it. It's been very few for me. The one was Exile. Did you say it's been very few for you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you Exile wanna, with... Do you want to play that? Well... With Bonnie Barron. Yeah. I, I just love that song. It's a great song. Do you like this song? Yeah. But it yeah. it's kind of speaks to that like more stripped down instrumentation yeah. and production and and then having somebody like Justin Vernon on it, which I'm a huge fan of his his music. Yeah, I put another they had another song collaboration that I put on the Yeah, playlist. was that on Evermore? Yeah, it's called Evermore. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. I don't it's I don't like that one as much, but yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. But that's just me. I think that's just me with most things, though. I will say there is some. I actually made a playlist one day on Spotify just for fun. It was called Pop Songs That I Actually Like. And I really tried to. Uh, I really tried to 
pick just straight up like what are some of the poppiest songs okay. that I actually Did she make the enjoy? list? Was she on there? Uh, let me pull yeah, it can up. We, can you share that playlist? I want to oh, listen it's, to that. It's hilarious. People would probably get upset at some of the songs that I chose. Are you I, I, I told public image? Because right I think now. I told Kenya some Sounds of them, like and, it. and she did. Uh, <laughs> she didn't like so like uh, so like Rihanna, like only girl in the world. I love that song. I love that, I song. Love that song too. There's Great. a lot of reasons I why I Rihanna. like that. Chandelier by Sia. I love oh, that yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, Million Reasons by Lady Gaga. Love that song. Uh, the uh, the Weeknd, Blinding Lights, uh, Watermelon Sugar, Harry Styles. 20, that's a that's a great one. Twenty Four K Magic. Did Taylor Swift? Bruno Mars. But did Taylor Swift make the list? I don't think so. <laughs> but maybe I'm <laughs> not done. Me. Maybe I'm not None done of them. with the, the. Maybe I'm not done with this though. Uh, Halo by Beyonce. Everybody, Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys. I like that song. There's different wow, reasons why why I why a song appeals to me, and usually it's musical in some nature. Uh, so, Kiss from a Rose by Seal. I think that's a great song. <laughs> Batman Forever. Yeah. Taylor so, Swift's not on there. Sorry, but I think she's a great songwriter. This is the this is the dichotomy yeah. here. Is that there are a lot of people that I respect, like. Uh, artists that just they're like we love taylor swift songwriting we think she's a great yeah. songwriter so i don't think i i i think the for me it's more about the production and how she presents herself and some of the music i think she has to be a good songwriter yeah i mean she has to be to be for sure. as huge as she is so i i think like 1989 mm -hmm. is a great example like there's so many great just songs from a songwriting perspective. Yeah. So, and you could, like I said, Ryan Adams covered that record and, and changed it up and musically. It's more like alternative country vibes. And it's like, Oh, you can really see how it, when put into the hands of somebody else that does something that maybe I like more, like musically, it's more palatable for me. Uh, with some see. of that stuff. Yeah. But maybe that's why I like that Bonnie Vare, you know, track a lot. Cause it just, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Well, I feel I like she's a talented songwriter. I feel like she can just write hits. She just has yeah. that yeah. ability. She can come up with melodies. And yeah, to make hits. And I feel like she's also able to write in a way that connects with people. And yeah. she's able to voice, put, you know, words to their experience. Yeah. And she did that from a very young age. Yeah. You know, when you're 15, <laughs> you know, well. every 15-year-old's like, Yes! I know love at 15, you know, the tragedy of it. We, you know, we've all been there, so. That's the song about the girl she's drinking the Trader Joe's wine with. Oh, <laughs> no way. You we have it. come full, full circle. circle. So, full, I can't talk. Taylor, I'm sorry. <laughs> well. And Abigail, I'm sorry. As awesome as all of that is, I would be remiss if we closed out this episode without hearing from you about her most recent breakup. Okay. You got to give us the lowdown. Because we don't and know why, another, why did it end. We and don't I have another question. The, oh, well, never mind. Just, let, let we're not going to finish it. This we're, There's going to be multiple questions. Yeah. So go on okay. with the breakup. Why did there. it? That's what we want to know. Why? Why? Um, There's a lot of speculation. In the, uh, the most recent like rumor <laughs> I saw. what we're here for. Because that's what... In, so did we like this relationship? How are we feeling about it? Do we <laughs> like I, this guy? How do we collectively feel? Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, I need to know. I'm talking about these parasocial relationships people have with her, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> 
so um i i think people liked that it was like she was writing about him um but she it wasn't this full-blown like were everywhere together like they were very rarely ever seen together and so it's and I think that that in like in the doc the Netflix documentary she mm-hmm. talks about that being so, like really good for her to right. have and he's also he's not like he's been I know he was in the favorite um Joe Alwyn yeah. and like I've seen he's in some things coming up but he's not like crazy you know, big celebrity he's not yes. Leonardo DiCaprio yes yeah. like and so that was good and I think um it's funny because people make a lot of like they people will make a list of references about like very subtle ways like she'll mentioning what car he drives or like how he had to work in high school about like basically calling him out for not being as rich as she is, <laughs> um, and so I think there was there I don't know that's that's people don't really know a lot about yeah. them they were together for a long time mm. she didn't really ever talk about them their relationship people think that. And because now after the breakup happened, people are like studying all of the songs and being like, what did we miss about it? Which I'm sure it's like, I don't know how you could ever like as someone who because I like I write and was an English major and all that, too. Like, I can't imagine people scrutinizing over that so much. But also she's putting it out there and she is referencing very direct things that people can connect. But some people think that. They were some people have thought they've been married for years. People think he proposed and she broke it off because um, she was too busy. Like she's, I mean, still very career focused and obviously like doing How the old tour. Is she and now? She's thirty three. I wrote that down. Wow. Um, and yeah, I I think people are thought that they were going to be together forever and are devastated. Obviously, people are really upset. Which I say, obviously, I don't know if y'all know. People are really upset about her potential. People think that she's dating Maddie Healy from the 1975. The guy from 1975. Yeah. Oh, is um, he the lead singer? Yeah. I've heard some bad things about those yes. guys. Yeah. I think they're, they're kind of bad boys, those fellas. Yeah. Oh. When, yes. And, like, people, all these Taylor Swift fans are, like, writing letters being, like, you <laughs> need to st-. Like, it's so, and that's where oh I'm, like, gosh. I Ooh. can't deal the with fandom. this anymore. Maybe yes. what, that's wild. what this podcast is about is celebrity and the I, eye on the celebrity. That's what I'm saying. We came to talk about Taylor. The people that idolize those people. And we learn something about about. ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I, like, there's... A mirror. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, make this valid (laughs) to even be in this podcast. I'm like, this is such a... Hey, we're just hanging out, having a conversation. That's right. You don't Um, need to justify yourself. Yeah, you don't. We we may need to justify ourselves. I did, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did, one thing I did think about just being like, what's my big, what are my main points I need to make? Which I feel like I did, I didn't know if we were going to get into the fame thing. I'm glad we did because that's just something that I feel like is, it's just an interesting study on her and how she's reacted and the balance between, like I, I still think it's so strange as someone who wants to be so private that you are creating like leaving all these messages in your music videos for people to obsess over Uh and I think there's I think there's a people pleaser in her too and like you can definitely see that when she's young and you can like as someone who's also like been like there's something about like wanting to be good and wanting to be a good person and look like a good girl that there's like a people pleasing aspect to it and I'm sure it's that like she's like people are wanting all these things from me so I'm gonna do it um and I feel like that comes out a lot in like I think she reacts to people. She is lurking on social media, seeing what people think. And that's kind of where she, if I was in her position, which I cannot even imagine, but like, I would just want to 
like I don't want any part in this um because that's just too much to have to balance you're never going to be able to balance all that but I do like I remember I went to this church camp when I was in ninth grade and I remember there was this session with all the girls and they talked about how bad Taylor Swift is and how you shouldn't listen to her and like oh wow she's Wait, tricking like a, you that was like a like a planned thing? Uh, I don't know if it was planned. Like the leaders were like... I think it was probably about music and got into secular music and so then it was got like into sinful. Taylor Swift. Oh. Yes, sinful and I just remember... And it Which was album this whole was this? Idea. <laughs> trying to, it was probably, uh, probably Red. Red? Um, and like I... It, it was... And I, it was just this whole thing. And then I went th- to other church camps and we were like blaring all kinds of music. And I was like, okay. But I remember going to my mom and being like really concerned because I don't know. And she was, my mom was just like, you, you can listen. You of course like go into listening music with a knowledge of who you are and what you would have, like, don't let that take over, but you don't need to listen to that. It's totally fine. But there, there's something about because she was presenting as this like good, like I'm, being a good example to young women that it became somehow easier for her, everyone to hate her. Um, and so I think that that's just something that's common. And I, like, I think recognizing her experience and not like, there are people who will try to say she's the best lyricist of whatever, whatever. I can really like her songs and know that that's not like, there's so many talented musicians and I think she's one of them, but I don't think you have to put her on this pedestal of the top tier. Cause I just don't think there are some, they're just people who are so much more talented, but there's something that I think constantly like discounting her because you're not a fan. There's not a, there's not a gray area in a lot of people's minds. You have to like right. love her, or hate yeah, her. John and I Mark. think <laughs> there should be more of a gray area where people that doesn't have to lean them directly towards this. Like even me being like, I don't want a part of all of these people going to the concert. There's, but if you want to do that, that's totally fine. But right. It's also, it's very intimidating and extreme and all of these things. But at the same time, I think it's easy. It's become really easy to, like, judge everything she does and, like, other women who are following mm-hmm. something similar of, yeah. Like, people have made her career all about her breakups when there are so many songs that are right. so much more than that that people, other people, that the same people who are probably complaining aren't listening to. So, well, you know, mm. I what I appreciate about her just and this is aside from her artistry, the fact that she's been given the platform that she has, you know, I do think with the with the Ticketmaster situation and uh, her owning her masters and re-recording her albums, those are the, those are two things that just as someone that loves music and hates to see what Ticketmaster and Live Nation are doing to the music industry and how they've basically put a monopoly on all that and it's it's causing so many issues and it's what it's causing is is normal people can't go see their favorite artists because they literally can't even afford the the fees. And so I think at least for her, like her she's been given a platform, she's a huge voice and if she wants to fight these things, she is like can be a good agent for change in those industries <clears throat> where I think there needs to be, be a lot of change. Um, and so that's one thing that I really do appreciate, appreciate about her. She's took ownership of her music, which is kind of like a nice, you know, slap in the face to the, the industry and the executives that probably took advantage of her when she was younger with deals and things like that. Um, and then obviously going up against a, you know, a behemoth like Ticketmaster, who's going to do that? It has to be a person like mm. Taylor Swift. You know, it has yeah. to be 
And so uh, I really, really appreciate that about her and hope that she can make some change, some positive changes happen. Um, this is kind of fun, and we can end after this, but have you heard the whole thing about there's this book on Amazon? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I, I don't know how I stumbled upon this. Maybe it was Instagram or Twitter or something, but so there's this book on Amazon that's set up for pre-order right now, and is there a title for the book? I, f- n- uh, I don't think so. Not there's, since there's, I there's last no heard cover, about this. So there's no cover. Uh, so it's basically blank on Amazon. It went up and it shot up to number two on the pre-orders because the Taylor Swift fans think that Taylor Swift is going to release. It's like a memoir is what they think it is. Yeah, there's something about the number. It's They, <laughs> it's the they put together all yeah. these numbers. It's like a crazy like conspiracy thing I with can't the find Taylor it. Swift fans. I don't know what it's called. I don't think they've released. I they confirmed that it's not hers. I think the publisher. Oh, they had, did. Yes, and so all of these, <laughs> all these bookstores are canceling all the orders. And I'm like, no, oh you should have. You should have made those people pay for the book and let this whoever this is about just, you know, get the, right. the get author the be an yeah. instant billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was something that I saw, and it, everyone was freaking out about it, pre-ordering. Let me see if I can find the stuff that they were saying about it. Uh, TikTok. I'm sorry, I should have had this pulled up already if you guys want to talk about Oh, here it is. Despite doubt being cast upon the theory, there were several reasons why Swifties were speculating that the book could be a Swift memoir. Its title and author reveal on June 13th, Swift is very publicly claimed that's her favorite number. So that was one of the things they were speculating. Oh. 544 page length. Those three digits also add up to 13 if you do 5 plus 4 plus 4. Uh, and Swift's All Too Well, the short film music video showcasing her reading an autobiography. So what, like you were talking about earlier, like kind of the Easter eggs. Yes. That she puts into videos and then people speculate like, what does this mean? What is she doing? There has to be, she's telling us something. Um, and sometimes she is. And sometimes like, she. I'm not saying that she's not, but yeah, it's, it it goes into the whole thing. So, anyways, and it would also be timed to follow the release of her recently announced "Speak Now," Taylor's version, which is due July 7th. So they. So basically, they thought this is going to be her memoir. So they just like all pre-ordered the book. So the article <laughs> that I just found says that so the crazy. book says the book is actually about BTS. The, yeah, the, the, the K-pop. Yeah, the K-pop band. Yeah. I oh. Knew that. I knew, like, it was something, yeah, it, it said that it w- was about, like, a celebrity or something. So, but no, I thought that was really funny. When people, once you get something trending like that, it just goes wild. Amazing. Um, the internet is a wild place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh okay, goodness. well, I am also curious. I know that you, Jonathan, listened to the playlist a little bit because you I texted me to about it, it from top to bottom. I want to know wow. if there are any songs that you didn't know about that you liked or anything oh, like that. Oh, all right. Well, disclaimer. So I listened to the playlist like when you made it. So okay. that was a while ago. Um, and I did listen through the whole thing. And yes, like I, there was a ton of it that I liked. I'm not going to know names of songs uh, off the top of my head because so John Mark, I don't know. If, and Brad, if this is the same for y'all, but like I kind of have, if I was going to simplify it, three categories that music goes into for me when I listen to it. There's music. No, Jonathan, your brain it just has to organize everything. 
<laughs> there's music that I don't like and I'm not going to listen to. Um, and then music that I do like falls into two different categories. And that's like music that I like and it appeals to me and I enjoy it, but I'm not necessarily going to like listen to it a ton on repeat versus then there are those artists and those albums that I'm just going to play all the time. And I'm going to know every lyric to every song and all of that kind of thing. And so there was a lot of it that I liked and enjoyed, but I don't know, like for me that it's going to fall into the category of like, therefore then I'm going to listen to, you know, the album on repeat and all of that. So I'm still kind of in the position where the Taylor Swift music that I know and like know the lyrics to are all of the hit songs because they're the ones that my kids listen to and that kind of thing. So, but, but I did, I thoroughly enjoyed the playlist. I was, uh, I did not know the breadth of, um, her exploration of like genres. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot more about it. that was chill. Yeah. And that's definitely, for. I picked a lot of those things, but I'm counting it as a win that you listened to the whole thing. I never I did. thought <laughs> you would listen. Anyone would listen to the whole thing. Listen, oh. listen, if there's one thing you can count then on, then you don't know Jonathan from me <laughs> is that I have issues where I have to complete things. Like, like I got to do the whole thing. I'm an all or nothing. Completionist. I am. I am. So once, once I hit play, on the on that playlist, it was going all the way to the end, <laughs> one way or another. <sighs> okay, so Are you gonna share your thoughts on the playlist. Did you listen to it, Brad? I think Brad I doesn't want to confess that he didn't. It listen. did. It came in when you were in your oh sabbatical. on sabbatical. Yes, don't so. give him an out. Well, I don't. I forced you guys <laughs> to wait to do this till Brad was back. So. That's true. That's true. No, I mean, I honestly have listened to a lot of her. Uh, different albums. I mean, Brad's so watched documentaries. He's probably the most well versed. I feel like, even though it sounds like Jonathan knows, knows yeah. a lot of her music. Yeah, yeah. So out of the three of us, like if you're pulling me. up an album to listen to in your car, what's mm-hmm. the first one that you're gonna pull up? Mm. Oh gosh, it just depends what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> okay, uh, well you're I in mean, a 19... good mood. What do you pull up? I, I mean, 1989 is my favorite album. I think, but. I've also been listening to her new album, and then my wife and I did a uh, folklore come out during COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think my wife and I would listen to that every night at dinner. I would just have that in the background, and then I watched the video, the shoot they did the little house. Yeah. With uh, wh- what's their names? The guy from the National, ju- uh, Aaron. D- Aaron Desner. Desner and the then the other guy. You know, Jack Antonoff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we watch that. Okay. So it, it depends on the mood. And then sometimes I'll just go back and listen to some of her younger country stuff. And not a lot, to be honest. Normally, it's if I'm listen, listening to a playlist that's uh, shuffling. But Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't know. John For Mark, some reason, I'm able, to, I'm able to divorce the personal and the music with her. Yeah, I am. I, I can't do that with some people, but with her, I, it doesn't. I don't know why it didn't phase me. So uh, I did listen to some of this playlist. I did not listen to the whole thing. Uh, here's the thing: I'm I I don't really know her music that well, so that's why I'm not trying to come in too heavy on my opinions. Here's what I will say. <laughs> um, so I'll just go through some of these songs. Uh, so the lakes thought that's a that's a cool song. 
the version you sent me was these are like from Disney Plus. Like she did a thing on Disney Plus. Is that right? These the long, long pond. Long yeah. pond. Mm-hmm. She just record, uh, which I think is is that out in England somewhere? I don't remember where that is. Where Ooh, she? I don't know. I'll I'll look it up. But yeah, they she did a whole like second yeah. release where at all the live and like some of them like I put a lot of long pond versions yeah. on here but then some I don't like as well um so but I like those, a lot of them. so those songs come off of folklore and evermore yes Is that it's right? all and the then same she kind of redid mm-hmm. re- okay so I liked the lakes I liked seven I'm just gonna go through the what I listened to uh I think I started begin again and then I just skipped ahead Cornelia Street that's the one where she's like it's like acoustic. Yeah, that's and they're yeah. like going nuts when she starts singing. The crowd just loses their ever loving. That's mind. a really good. Oh, yeah. I love her. Like, and I tried to do some. And that was which, like really straightforward and simple. Yes, and I yeah. I really like that because that's not a song that I've always liked. But when I listen to that, and just there's something like towards the end, like her voice gets really powerful, and I feel like that's something that the re-recordings is great for her owning her own music. But uh, also, you're getting all of these old songs with her, like more mature polished yeah, she's voice a little older and, and it's yeah, yeah probably a little it's more great. confident with like mm-hmm. how she sounds and how she re- she probably knows how to record herself now i mean it takes time to when you're like 16 it's like dude, <laughs> i mean when i was doing recordings at 16 i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> um so yeah with the older you get you kind of you you learn how to do all that um okay so afterglow uh, I think I listened to some of that. Carolina, I didn't know that song. Uh, that's from the movie Where the Crawdads, which is based on the book. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. Ashley read the book. She really liked the book a lot. That was a cool song. Yeah, um, that one, she, this is like the little fun facts I know. Because that, that book is set in the 60s or 70s, and she only used instruments to record that song that were like predated. Hey, that's That's cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's fun. That's pretty cool. And I think you can kind of, it's interesting listening to it, knowing that. Yeah. Um, Out of the Woods. I think I was familiar with that. So there were several of these. I still think my favorite songs of hers are Exile and I like uh, the Alcott, which is off the new, isn't that the most recent national album? Yeah, I added that to the playlist really recently because I just heard it. <laughs> yeah, so I listened through the national album. I think that's a cool song. And then there's a song that she did. Well, she collaborated with Big Red Machine, which is essentially Justin Vernon. It's like a side project of his with some other other folks. The, the dude from... Uh, Bonnie Bear. Yeah, well, yeah, the dude from Bonnie Vera, but the other people that are involved, it's like uh, the guy, one of the guys from The National and some other folks. But she did uh, Renegade and Birch off of that Big Red Machine record. Have you listened to those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those They're songs, too. too. Those are cool. Yeah, I, I think I like I like hearing her when she's collaborating with these with these artists that are way like way into like indie alternative sounds and the production that they come up with. I like hearing her in that atmosphere. Mm. I enjoy listening to that. Yeah. And when Midnight's came out, I listened to like half of the record. Like I just was like, I'm going to listen to this. It's a big deal. Everybody's talking about <laughs> Midnight's. I don't want to be left out. Uh, and so I listened to it. I mean, it's there's catchy stuff. Am I going to... Am I going to put that on when I get in the car? Probably not. But I can't deny that it's that it's hooky. Yeah, she definitely it, leaned into you know? that. The hook brings yeah, you back. I, <laughs> yeah. 
she did, traveler. and she did this, like she released it. It, it just also wasn't, because I remember writing these emails to the email corridor, <laughs> um, like when that was coming out and everyone, it was this whole idea of midnight, like all these songs about like midnights, because it's like she uses that word and like talks about that in her songs and it just didn't fit. I think what people were thinking, like I didn't get that from that album. Like I didn't I get, gotcha. yeah. So, but then she did this, like she released the album at midnight and then at 3 a.m. she released like six more songs. Yeah, and I actually like crazy. all of those songs. I like, <laughs> they're probably, they, I like them way better than the rest of the album. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Were those so, alternate versions of songs that were on midnight? No, or they were just brand extra? new songs. Yeah. <laughs> And that's See, like, that is yeah. so wild to me. When, like, even on every, like, new Taylor's version that she's done two of. There's, like, she's extra do, songs, Yeah, right? she brings, that she, I, I think she wrote, like, there are ones that she wrote during that time period, but she's like, I'm going to record these two. And it's just really, it's very prolific. She feeds the fan base with that stuff. Yeah. Because mm. they just, they love it, you know. And, and that's, like, any artist, like, you know, any, so many of the, like, Prince, you know, has like just a trove of unreleased music that they say is just amazing. You oh know, yeah, and, and the stuff safe. like that. And so then they then they slowly like release these uh, things after he's passed away. And Bob Dylan has like this ongoing like massive box set that he releases like every year, and it's like box set 1997 through 2000 it's like all these alternative takes of alternate takes of songs off records and it's crazy what what artists do but taylor swift definitely i mean she's doing all that she's feeding the feeding the machine giving them what they want they want more well give them more and i think that we could give the people more but we have given them what they wanted <laughs> which was the taylor swift episode featuring none other than our own Elizabeth Sturgeon. Yeah. Thank you so you really much. You really came in with so much information. So much you, information. You answered all of our questions. I've, I've learned okay, so good. much. I have too. I really have. I mean, I think Brad went from leaning positive to full-on positive. Get me a t-shirt. I think I moved. <laughs> I think I moved from neutral to leaning positive. Okay. And I think that John Mark is John Mark. <laughs> you had you listened to uh, like you had good thoughts about more of the songs than I thought you would. There are mm. some I don't know, if you're ever feeling it, there's more on that playlist that I think will be yeah. good. There's yeah, just some of a lot of ones yeah. that no one else likes. This is I, just beginning. Yeah. The conversation is just beginning. Yeah. Well, if there are things that we didn't cover, if there are more things you would like to oh. know. We didn't talk about the jet. What? Oh, yeah. What is I, that? I almost brought it what up. What is the jet? <laughs> it, did John Mark, there's well, no time. We got to leave that on no a cliffhanger. Oh, what, what is the jet? Look, I have a <laughs> meeting I have to get to. There's no time. What, oh. We'll have to save Listen, that. if no there's time. more you want to know, then talk to John Mark or, or Liz what? in person because we're not going to talk about Taylor Swift on the podcast. No, and, and if you're a Swifty, I'm sure you had lots of emotions as we were this having this conversation. It's probably a big deal. You're probably just mad. You're probably frustrated with some of the... Feel seen. I yeah. feel like I made some hot maybe, takes that people You did make some though. hot takes. So, But, you know, we can talk about these things as Shades. Yeah. So email in at midweek at shadesvalley.org because Swifties, <laughs> we want to hear your thoughts on these things. We want to hear your hot takes. 
We want to hear your disagreements, your agreements, all of it. There's room for it here. So, 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 who are the Swifties at Shade? Sarah Hirsch, Cassie Ashley, Kenya, yourself. You know, uh, you know, it'd be cool if you started a group that got together <laughs> occasionally and just talked about Taylor Swift. Well, okay, so Can what happened with my small group? Wouldn't that be so much fun? Like, once they found out about this, oh it was like, like, some like. People who listen to the podcast saw my name come up. It's in, like, we were talking about it. And then right, that's when right. I found out, like, so many people went to the concert. And then I, wow. ev- everyone wanted there to get it too involved. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> um, this is going to be the most the email most responses we listen ever get. To as, episode. as the I'm person who had the nerve to email in about it, that's I right. needed some credit. Like, exactly. all these right. people coming in. And, I, right. and I've admitted, all these people are probably bigger fans than me. But... But you I brought have, a unique perspective. Yes. I, like I think it. that's valuable. Yeah. Well, email us in your thoughts. Midweek at ShadesValley.org. Because as Brad was saying, Swifties, here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation. We should go out with a song. You don't uh. think she'll sue us? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> if we pick one of her songs, we've what already, song should we go out with? A couple. Elizabeth. I like Red. Read. That's one of my favorites. Do, do red. Okay. It's a good one. All right. Well, we're gonna sign off. As some. we sign off, as I play this song, as I find it, should I do? Is her version on here? Should I do yes. Taylor's version? You have to do Taylor's version. Yeah. Okay. For copyright issues. You know what I'm interested in as as she gets older, uh, her just her journey is. She, I always like to see artists as they get older and what they do, what decisions they des- decide to make. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is she going to do, like, something, like, real earthy and, like, is she going to be, like, Emmy Lou Harris or something I like that? So. You know what I mean? She should. I, I think, think that she... would be cool. I think that would really interest me a lot. I don't know if she'll do it, but. Is she going to be in a movie? Has she the, already been in a movie? The Robert oh, it's Plant, always Allison been Krauss terrible. Route. That's what I'm saying. She can't. Yeah. She cannot act. <laughs> she... <laughs> Yeah, because she was in Amsterdam, which that movie was terrible. Oh, that movie yeah. bombed. So that movie bombed. Yeah, I, yeah. I know you watch a lot of movies. I also watch a lot of movies. Oh, I need to come back. Yes. Are you on Letterboxd? Yes. Are you on Letterboxd? Yes. <laughs> John Mark is trying so hard to get me on Letterboxd. It's so fun. It's really fun. I've heard great uh, things. All right. I just don't watch enough movies. All right. <laughs> Email us, midweek at shadesvalet.org. Because here... Swifties? Yep, you too. You're part of the conversation.